So Julie, I often tell people that there are four opportunities to overcoming an objection, the most powerful of which is before the objection happens. Have you ever heard of this concept? You're always teaching me new stuff, Torin. No, I haven't. Tell me more. So the acronym for me, and it's something that I used back in the 90s when I had my own sales team, the acronym is WNLB. Well, the B stands for before. And before any of you start to wonder which online system is best for payroll, let me share a few facts. Gusto is actually simple and easy, surprisingly easy and very fast. 90% of customers say switching to Gusto was easy. 85% of customers say running payroll is easier now than their previous provider. And three out of four customers take 10 minutes or less to run payroll with Gusto. I think that's easy. You can use our link, gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K for three complimentary months. Again, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K. It's time to stop dealing and start demanding. It's time to stop being PC and start being transparent and authentic. It's time to get real. Prepare yourself. It's time for Crazy and the King. Welcome to Crazy and the King. Another afternoon. It is, um, well, it's time for us to do what we do. And and I got to tell you, I don't want to give all of the listeners the backstory, but let's just say at 2.58, just before we started recording, I had one attitude. And then and the moment the clock hit three, like everything changed for me. Like I'm, I'm, I, I got to get in the zone when it's time to rock with you, Jay. So hopefully you are feeling well. I'm a little, I'm a little like off caliber this week right now. Like not, not be, not because I'm tired, but, but because I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I do. And that's why same as you, I don't have a cognac, but I do have some uh, rhubarb gin kicking it right now. My favorite part of the week is talking to you, taking a, a deep breath and saying, let's just shrug off all the heaviness and let's talk about something uh, crazy in D&I this week. Absolutely. So before we even hop into it, shout out to all of the S&P 500 companies that discussed policies around DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the second earning, second quarter earnings calls. So apparently RBC found that 40% of the S&P 500 had something to say in their Q2 earnings calls versus a mere 4% in Q1. You understand? Like, Like George Floyd loses his life and organizations immediately are like, wait a minute, we got to say something. So they go from 4% to 40%. The challenge is for all of you that are listening, that you are holding your organization accountable. We cannot allow it to just be a 90-day movement. This fervor, this focus, it should be something that all of these organizations are living and breathing uh, each and every day of existence. When you swipe that badge, you should be thinking about the things that we we feel are important here at Crazy and the King. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I said I'm tired, man. It's been a, it's been a week. Uh, I'm 
I'm trying my level best. You know, I did an IG live on Monday. And, you know, people were asking me about uh, the Kenosha, Wisconsin shooting yeah. uh, that took place. And I said that I wasn't going to talk about it on my IG live. I just didn't have the strength to talk about it. That was on Monday. That was Monday, Julie. I and know. here we are now recording. Um, and it just hasn't gotten any better. I heard last night on the news. Uh, well, I heard on radio this morning, I should say, that last night uh, there were police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that actually guided or steered protesters in the direction of armed vigilantes. Did you hear that? I did. I saw some of the camera uh, or camera footage of those vigilantes and at least one person is dead, if not more. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but it, assumedly at the hands of those militia members and the police while welcoming them and onto the streets of Kenosha. It's un fucking believable. It, it, incredible. And, and here, here, you know, the issue for me is and again, I can I, I'm not watching any of the video. None of the video. I just I, I, my resolve is there's there's two things that I'm resolved not to do. And I'm not encouraging anyone else to follow my lead on this or follow my action on this. A, I'm not watching any more black men being shot in the street or black women or anyone else for that matter. Period. I'm just not doing it. Number two. Number two. I am not. um I am not interested in any way supporting uh, these racist uh, police and these actions like I'm, I'm just I'm not doing it. So, you know, even even as it relates to the protester being shot and I found footage or I, I, I found myself over on an alt right website uh, and catch this. Here's here's the one of the headlines. Uh, it says today's noon pro-white news video oh. watch hold on watch black lives matter protesters shot and and like this is the news for them it, it's how they is how they structured the headline and yeah, all, of this as a res- that. all of this as a result of there's this billboard company down in harrison arkansas uh it's called harrison signs and they have up a billboard that is advertising this particular alt-right website, this alt-right like online news radio channel. And, you know, a part of me struggles because it's like, OK, well, freedom of speech. And, you know, if, if that's what they want to do is talk about KKK stuff and racism and, you know, all of these other things that they do, I guess that's that's their thing. You know, I, I don't. It's not as if I'm clicking on it and and what that's their thing. Mm-hmm. But when you get over there and you see this stuff, is to me it's amazing because I said it and I continue to say it. These sons of bitches work with you all. Yeah. So they're not sitting in my office. I know no. who's in my office. It's me. They work with you. And you don't even know it. You have no freaking clue. And, right? and in, in some instances, you do know it. Now we don't know that more. Yes, yeah, see, <laughs> and the challenge is you do know it and you're not doing anything about it. And that's what's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that look, so, so that they are operating on the frequency of 
their constitutional right and they can go and save a domain and they can put up whatever type of programming that they want. I get that. But when we are providing them with operational support, when we are uh, signing off on their paycheck, we're helping them to get mortgages. We're doing things when we know some of these folks are more than nefarious. And in the case of Kenosha, Wisconsin, they said that this militia person walked by the policeman with a long barrel rifle. People were pointing and gesturing to the police that he shot someone. And they stood there and did absolutely nothing. Yes. And the guy's name is Kyle. Right. They even know his name. And, and apparently there's nothing less scary on this planet to American police officers than a white man with a freaking long rifle. I mean, this was a semi-automatic, probably 224 big gun. And he was just walking around on it. No worries. No problem. And you know what? <sighs> People may have a constitutional right to say whatever the fuck they want, but that doesn't mean that we have to allow it in our workplaces. It doesn't mean that we have to put them on our payroll. It doesn't mean that we have to keep them in our fucking Facebook circle. Sorry, lots of language. We don't, right? I mean, like, can't we just go back to shaming these people into hiding? Like, if we can't change your heart, can we just get you to go the hell away? Yeah, just shame them enough so that they don't feel comfortable being you know, as they are being, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can have, you know, you can have feelings that are a bit wild, if you will. Um, but you, you just, you don't, you, I struggle with it. Cause I, I just don't, I don't understand that frequency. I don't understand. No. There's no way that I'm going to understand that frequency. There's no way that I'm going to understand people that feel like Black people are the only people and that everyone else is wrong. I, I, I've never subscribed to that. I'll never subscribe to that. Just like I don't subscribe to in a religious conversation, any one particular religion is the chosen religion. Those are the individuals. This is the only way to get to the most high. You have to do it the way that we do it. And I just find that is so troubling for me. It's troubling for me when you cannot find um the space to be to be human so so that being said um i I am tired because i i really am frustrated thinking about listening to some of the activity of some of these individuals and then we have today's subject well and i think that it it leads nicely into today's subject like you planned it i don't know that you did but it, it did and so i have to ask have you ever heard of a satanic cabal who is currently controlling the world, using all of its power to exploit and traffic children, sometimes sacrificing them and drinking their bloods, their blood, and sometimes it's in the basement of a pizzeria in Washington, D.C.? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... Because if I'd have said yes, then I'd ask for two things. I'd ask for you to either a want to see everyone in my contact list so we can do a forensic discovery of who the hell these individuals are or or two. Tom, what types of rabbit holes do you find yourself going down when you're not working? So the answer is 
No. So, and that's an excellent point, right? Because I don't sleep a lot at night and I spend a lot of time on Twitter. And probably somewhere in 2018, I started noticing um, this thing called QAnon. Mm. And I'm... I'm pretty interested in what people are thinking, what gets people to go down these crazy rabbit holes. So I kind of just started following along a little bit and really to find out that it's it's basically a loosely affiliated group of conspiracy theorists that started in 2017 on 4chan. Mm. If you're not familiar with 4chan, God bless you. Just stay that way. It is the deepest, darkest part of the internet that yes. makes reddit look like a nice place yep um and, uh, and they uh, dox a whole lot of people over on 4chan oh they, yeah they dox a whole lot of individuals placing all types of personal identifying information out there for those wild folks continue i'm sorry yeah no and uh, and I, I first learned about 4chan when I heard someone use the term incel, which is really where a lot of incels hang out. And so someone with the username of Q, uh, assumed by the experts who are not me, um, to be a singular American citizen, um, posted that the... There was an internal network of deep state spies who were working to reveal this satanic cabal, stop an an upcoming coup d'etat of the U.S. government, and really bring about this almost post-apocalyptic sort of utopia where we all woke up and realize that Tom Hanks is in fact eating babies and drinking their blood and that we would all be peaceful and we would take down the power structure of the United States. Yeah, these folks is like tripping, man. I, I, I let, let me tell you, when you brought it up last week and said that this would be subject matter for this week, you know, I, okay, I said, all right, look, we can, we can take a week off and uh, not necessarily look for a serious story because uh, there, certainly there's no shortage of serious stories as it relates to DNI. I said, but but it's going to be educational for me. And so, if, if in fact this is something that is permeating across, uh, you know, social media circles and uh, digital uh, journeys right now, then then let me be familiar with it. And so, fine, I, I submitted myself to, you know researching QAnon um, over the last five, six days. I got to tell you, man, when I, I read something on The Guardian and it said that these folks are basically, it's a baseless internet conspiracy uh, where their their theory is that Hollywood celebrities and billionaires run the world while engaging in pedophilia. So, you know, I had to stop right there because remember a couple of weeks ago we were watching the the uh joint on netflix with um what's your guy's name um uh epstein uh so 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 i i kind of thought about i was like all right well wait a minute they did have uh flight manifestos a whole lot of folks was going to that island but but i'll continue uh hollywood celebrities and billionaires running the world engaging in pedophilia 
human trafficking and the harvesting of life extending chemical from the blood of abused children. Yo, Julie, I was like, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> <laughs> like for real. And, and then you, you find yourself researching. And so now it sounds like, and not, this is not an only, but it sounds like they have a pretty good grasp on evangelicals. They do. They do. And that's one of the things that, so I grew up in the church and in the late eighties, early nineties, the church was sort of consumed with what we now know is, is demonic dehumanization. And really what that means is that as Christians, we're not supposed to hate people, but if we can affiliate people and their bad behavior with um, supernatural kind of occurrences that, that we can in fact basically hate that person. And so when we were, when I was young in the church, it was all about Satanism, the church of Satan, child sacrifices, virgin sacrifices, listening to heavy metal music, all of the things that they could do to um, scare us into living a straight life. And so many of the QAnon conspirists, so they leave these little clues all over the internet on 4chan, on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever, um, about the information that's needed to, to be known, so the clues, so that we can all get to the place where Q can reveal him or herself and save the world. And so much of that is written in very revelations, rapture, um, supernatural language that evangelicals, especially those who grew up in, in the type of church that I did, are gravitating to language that they are familiar with and that they have been trained to um, recognize as religious. So let me get this straight. What you are saying or what you just said was that apparently this group, this organization or the people that communicate under its umbrella are parroting or repurposing language that comes pr primarily from revelations. And because it's familiar, because it's what they grew up on, they are taking it as quote gospel, it being the truth, it being perhaps the rapture or the days of pre-rapture. Am I hearing you correctly? So I think that's really close. I think that it just, it, it gives the opportunity for kind of the, the yeah, but right. So it's, it's in language that they're comfortable with and that they already accepted and gets them thinking, wow, maybe this is Right. Some a sign thing. from God that we've been looking for. Yeah, a thing. And let me just say this real quick. You know, uh, we don't have a special sound effect that comes through and says that all religions or people inside of religion is bad. And the views expressed by the hosts are that we don't have one of those sound effects. So, so bottom line, Julie and I both we we understand the value of religion. Like I'm absolutely a spiritual individual. We yes. understand the place that 
politics plays in our day to day. I may not like a lot of the policy or the uh, the rhetoric that comes from the parties, but I understand that politics plays a role in what it is that we we call life. I get all of that. So even when I tell you about my challenge in terms of whether it be racism or politics or religion or policing, and I can go down a list, I am not, Julie is not, we're not casting a wide brush. Now, for you evangelicals that believe this bullshit, uh, I'm, I, I, in the show notes, I might actually put my cell phone number. Like, I really think I want to sit and, you know, I want to sit on my deck, smoke one of them big cigars, and I would love to chat with some of you that believe this chemical from the blood of abused children. Yeah. I, I got I need somebody to help me understand because I, I I'm not going to understand. I need somebody to kind of walk me through this. And, and, yeah. and I don't remember that being in Revelations. Now, I'm not a Bible thumper. I haven't read <laughs> Revelations like, you know, maybe perhaps I should forgive me, but I don't recall that being in there. So I would I, I think I might put my cell number in the show note. Well, I mean, it ain't like y'all can't find me. Call me. I want to talk about this shit. And, you know, and that's the genius of it, right? What you're saying is the freaking beautiful genius of evil genius of, of what's happening here, right? Because what Q is doing, it's like um, Ed Stetzer, I pulled this quote out of an evangelical author says QAnon is almost like a warehouse of different conspiracies that have been brought together and tied to a common warehouse owner. who is Q. And when we're pulling in evangelicals, and and we've talked about this, I grew up in the church. I have read the Bible many times, front Mm -hmm. to back, Mm -hmm. right? I grew up in this and I can see it infiltrating the people that I love right now because they are not using their critical thinking skills. They're not using those skills that say, this meme that I saw on Facebook and I liked it. And then every meme on Facebook I see going forward is going to help reinforce those ideas. And that's what's making this so powerful. It's pulling in um, evangelicals, anti-vaxxers, um, people who don't believe in like the Parkland and the Newtown shootings or believe that the pandemic is caused by Bill Gates and is an effort to microchip us, seeing all of these disparate conspiracies and placing them under one owner and then occasionally flipping in a little bit of truth or grabbing something that is true and twisting it to their philosophy. And the, the thing is, is like you even said it, you said, well, that Epstein guy was thinking about this and that's where it starts to grab people. And you're smart enough to know, wait, okay, just because I, I question the full story be- behind Jeffrey Epstein and there is likely a bigger story than what, what we know does not mean that they're drinking the blood of, of abused children. Like that's a step too far. Just a little bit. Just a yeah. tad, just a just, tad just a bit touch. too far. Right. But you the know, thing is, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and again, I get it. You know, when we have these theories, you know, you have theories uh, in the, uh, I want to say the 80s uh, as it relates to crack 
cocaine. You know, people have moved those theories for years, for decades in the black community as to, you know, why crack cocaine hit the black community, who was behind it, all of that. We had theories around 9-11. I absolutely remember the horror of 9-11 and then the ensuing theories that started to pop up three, four years later. And and when YouTube really took a hold, how, how some of those theories were permeated across the YouTube channel and some of the other social media platforms. So I absolutely get the theories, the theories around Jimmy Hoffa and his mafia like days and where he's buried, if he's buried. And I get it. I absolutely get it. I guess the challenge that I have is like, like, um, I don't know if people really are recognizing how dangerous this is. Just before we got on, I, I saw something where Facebook moved like 200,000 of these accounts, like oh, just yeah. recently. Yeah, in the last 000. week, I think. Yeah, 200,000. 200, like I sit here and think about of all of the things that I have posted, and I have been on social media for close to a decade, on one platform, maybe eight years, another one, probably a decade, another one, maybe seven years, on all of the platforms that I am on, and I primarily use four, I said to myself, I probably haven't gotten 200,000 likes on everything across all of the platforms. And here right. we are, Facebook removing 200,000 accounts. So that tells me that these folks are hard at work to, to sway something about who we are. And, and right. I absolutely am not willing to let it happen. And, and that's the thing that, so when I was talking to Chad about the show this week, I was like, we are doing QAnon. And he, he was like, okay, I get it. Like you love to talk about this kind of stuff, but where, where's it at for your audience? And I was like, are you kidding me? Just wait until we go back to work. Right. If we're talking about a group of social media platforms that have started to take action, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram have removed hundreds of thousands of accounts, millions of posts and pages in the past two months. This is something that as leaders in our communities and leaders in our corporations that we need to be prepared for. And leaders as individuals. Keep going. Yes. And and I because I can tell you, Q is gonna come to work. And then what in the hell are we gonna do? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this yeah. is this is not gonna go away. I've been listening to a podcast called uh QAnon Anonymous and prep for this show. And the host, Travis View, told NPR uh, about four or five days ago that this conspiracy theory has spread so fast and so far that it will likely live on in some form for at least a generation. That's crazy. That's 20 years. Yeah. That's 20. And let me tell you why that's not so far-fetched. Because you said it in the beginning, you asked the question in the beginning, what does the cabal have to do with, uh, you said something around pizza, uh, the basement of pizzerias. That's what you said. Yeah. And so 
when you think about the fact that this started in 2016, 2017, we're now in 2020. And technically, Julie, before you said anything to me last week, yes, I had seen QAnon, but had not really been on my radar. I would say I probably really didn't recognize it, but about a month before where we are right now in terms of recording. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not even on my radar yet. It's been with us and among us for four years. So I don't see it as being far fetched that these individuals cannot perpetrate. I forgot how you said it when we weren't recording, but it's hard to dispel something that hasn't already happened. How did you say that? You can't prove a negative. You you, so you can't, can't prove a negative. You can't prove yes. something that has not happened. Um, like you gave the example of Tom Hanks. Give, give that yes. example again. No, you cannot prove to me beyond any shadow of a doubt that Tom Hanks does, in fact, not drink the blood of babies. It's impossible to prove that to me. Right, because he we're not sitting in Tom Hanks's home. We, we we're just not around him enough. And so because we we have not seen it and not are not around him enough, it's hard it's hard to dispel that when it comes from this group of individuals, it's hard to ignore that when it is shared repeatedly across social media, it's hard to ignore that. It's hard to ignore that. And, and, and for the listener, what Julie is saying and what I'm saying to you is these individuals are on your team. They're on your team. They're in your Slack channel. They're in a Zoom meeting. And let me tell you what else they're going to be in Congress next year. There have already been people who have won their congressional primaries who profess to be Q followers who will get elected to Congress next year. So HR and Congress better be prepared for how are we going to deal with these people who believe in a mythical hero called QAnon? And I mean, like, let's think about it, Torin. What would happen if I came to work tomorrow and I worked for you? And I said, hey, Torin, I really got this cool new flag I'd like to hang up in my cubicle and it's got a giant Q on it. Or you just walk by and I've got this big Q flag in in my cubicle. How is is HR, how is TA, how is D&I going to handle when these groups come into your office Absolutely. and they start to congregate, right? Absolutely. Can they can they have an affinity group? Can they Absolutely. fly their flag, Absolutely. do some lunch and learns? Absolutely. You are asking a very good question. And for those of you who think that it may be far fetched, just think a couple of weeks ago, Starbucks went through the issue that they went through when individuals wanted to do a Black Lives Matter uh, pin on their their smock. We had uh, I want to say a young lady here in Baltimore who wanted to wear a uh, a mask that said Black Lives Matter on it. That that's what was on her mask, and and the organization was like, no, you can't wear it. And and of course she immediately went to Facebook and she said that the organization was being racist. And I'm saying to myself, uh, nah. I don't think they're being racist if if they are preventing everyone from wearing paraphernalia that operates or delivers an alternative message than the corporate message. 
then I don't believe that that's racist. If you are holding the line on everyone where Starbucks messed up a couple of weeks, a couple of months back was that people from the LGBTQ community could wear the pin on their smock, but the Black Lives Matter person could not. That's an issue. You're showing favoritism inside of the workplace. So Julie is asking a legitimate question. What are you going to do when they want to put a Q flag in your building or behind themselves on a Zoom call? That's the real one right there. That's the real one. We're sitting at we're sitting at home and 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 I'm looking right now at a story on The Guardian and this guy literally is holding a Q flag. And before and 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 trust me, makes it really patriotic. It's got the blue stars and stripes on it, just a Q. It says where we go one, we go all. It listen to me, if I if we had not done this story, I would have just said, this is some other dude out here waving a flag for the U.S. And he's probably, you know, right leaning or whatever. And I wouldn't have thought nothing of it, but because of the context. So, H.R., you have to make sure you are revisiting your policy, particularly around inclusion. What are you going to do? So, Chad. That's why we're doing the story, because these jokers are among us. Yes. And and finally, just to wrap up, I think that we should also recognize that. People aren't radicalized overnight and and truly this is a, a radicalization people have. There have been murders, there have been arrests. The FBI has actually identified them as a potential terrorist group in, uh, I believe it was May of 2019. People are not radicalized overnight. What happens when you are clicking, when you are sharing, when you are taking every meme and every Facebook post as gospel, Facebook is really good at feeding you more of what you want mm-hmm. and what you like. So if you like one conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. it is going to start feeding you more of them. That's mm-hmm. what the algorithm is built to do, to That's make right. you feel good. And I actually had this conversation a couple weeks ago with someone that is very important to me they were posting some nonsense and I called them and I said, look, I have noticed over the last two months that your posts are getting more extreme. Do you know why this is happening? And they didn't. Um, And I asked them to just actively monitor the things that they choose to like and that they choose to share and make sure that they are grounded in truth and that they are promoting even underneath the the beliefs that they hold most dear. And as someone who's had a lot of conversations like this in my personal life, and I can see so many people that are important to me who are well-educated, who are well-versed, who are well-meaning, who are good people, they're starting to buy into that thing you can't not prove, right? You can't prove that these things aren't real. And so it's okay to just kind of be interested in them. And then that's how these kind of radicalizations grow. And they're having impact 
everywhere. And it's not just going to be the most radical that are going to infiltrate your workforce that you need to worry about. It's those that are just starting to be radicalized, that are starting to change the way that they think about their their colleagues and their neighbors, and that they may actually be a danger to the the ongoing humanity of our nation or uh, of our our souls. And we've got to prepare for it. And we've got to do it in that in a personal way, in our own behavior. We've got to do it with our family. We've got to do it with our friends. And we've got to prepare for Q to come to work because hands down, he's going to he's going to get there. Yeah. And real quick, before we even close out the story, you you actually posted uh, the save the children hashtag. Why was that? Ah, So Q followers and, and that network of of posters, including some Russians who are are sowing misinformation in the United States and chaos, took the hashtag Save the Children, something that we're all very familiar with, the charity that's been around forever, um, that helps missing and exploited children, um, helps children in, in other countries, all of those things. Those hashtags have been hijacked by QAnon with memes promoting Q conspiracies, including Satanism, pedophilia, child exploitation, um, and then wrapping them into even other conspiracy theories like we talked about at the beginning. And so even innocuous hashtags that have been focused on good are being used to exploit the way that you think about our country and about what is true and what is not true. And the only way that we're going to take back truth in this country is to stop allowing online media to drive all of our beliefs and to continue to influence and drive us into our own separate bubbles. And that's how they they took over hashtag save the children. Well, in addition to media, like Julie said, you know, paying attention to what we are clicking on on social media. I've said it on the show before. I am very, very hesitant to share things that are shared with me, uh, uh, especially if I haven't had a chance to read and digest whatever the article is, do a bit of research on whatever the data is, look at the credibility of the source that has been referenced. I try to do something in a more responsible manner. I'm not 100% perfect, but you just understand that if you see me retweet something, you know, nine times out of 10, I've at least taken it through a couple of filters, a couple of gates uh, to just try to make sure that I'm not permeating. I'm not extending the reach of some of this negativeness. So, um, again, I think the thing that we want you to take away from the 35 minutes or so. We want you to take away. What are you going to do? Because these people are inside of our organizations. And I believe that they will pop their heads up even more as we get closer to our election and after. As we get closer to our election and after. My name drop this week is Jess Von Bank. Listen, if you did not catch the uh, webinar that Jess and I did last Friday, do yourself a favor and go to either my page or her page or go to the Leap Gen page, L E A P G E N. Jess Von Bank and I, you can find her on Twitter, Jess, J-E-S-S, Von, V-O-N, Bank. 
You can find her on Twitter, Jess Von Bank. We got busy from Go. Loved the conversation with her. And then real quick, one of our listeners, shout out to Jessica Creco. I believe I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. Jessica Creco. Jessica, C-R-E-C-C-O. You are a name drop. Appreciate you for sharing Crazy and the King with your digital tribe. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. On Twitter this week, uh, two name drops for me, uh, one to my pod partner for crazy and the King being named one of the top employer brand podcasts to check out by stories incorporated. So congratulations to us. And then second to Ryan O'Connell, and he is the executive producer and star of a Netflix show called special. If you haven't watched it, it's, an adults only show. Um, it's a really, it's a raunchy comedy based on O'Connell's life. He's a gay man living with cerebral palsy. And this week uh, in an article in the New York times, he, uh, he exposes what a lot of people with disabilities are thinking and saying, why in this woke ass culture that we live in, where is so, where so much attention is given to marginalized populations, do people with disabilities still go largely ignored? So thanks, Ryan, for all that and a really freaking funny show. Absolutely. And it's a very, very good question. So all of you get your game up. And I'm serious when we say that, like, get your game up. You you think you are inclusive. You think that you are being an ally. But there's so much in this territory. There's so much in this journey that has yet to have been explored. Get your game up. So shout out to you, Mr. Ryan O'Connell. Julie and I appreciate each and every one of you. We went long, but we had fun. We didn't like laugh and bounce off the wall fun, but we had fun. And we really do want you to think about how you are going to approach this inside of your workplace. I promise you that we will be same frequency, same place, same intensity. For now, Jay and I are ghosts. So, Torin, we have a sponsor. Mad cool. That says that they appreciate the work that we are doing through this podcast vehicle. You know what else is cool is what other people are saying about Gusto. So give me examples. I mean, it's easy for you to say people are talking about it, but give me some examples. So Tom S. said Gusto has allowed my small company to offer big time benefits without an HR department. Shout out to Tom. But do you have more? Yes, I have another one from Sation who says Gusto is effortless, which is how I like HR. Out of sight, out of mind, yet doing what it's supposed to do. So what you are saying is Gusto is more than a payroll provider. Absolutely. And Gusto integrates with all of your favorite tools that, again, makes life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Google, and and many others. So if you visit gusto.com slash C-A-T-K, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K, you'll get three complimentary months from Crazy and the King. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. 
You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.